Live from the floor of Jacob Peterson's American Flag Factory, it's the Vocal Minority Podcast. Welcome, foot and ball fanatics, to this week's episode of the Vocal Minority Podcast, where Toronto's most trusted football news source, Waking the Red, and Toronto's most trusted Colin Samuel fat gag source, the Yorkies, come together like Voltron wearing an NASL retro kit to put the world of TFC to the rights. Damn! <laughs> That's fantastic. I am Tony Walsh, editor, writer, and vice president of regional malarkey for the Yorkies, and with me today, as always, are... Part owner of the Northern Premier League's Darlington 1883, not currently on Jason DeVos's Christmas card list, and the man who put the horse in Horsehouse, Waking the Reds managing editor, Duncan Fletcher. Hello! You have a horse? And a house. Oh, mm. wow. Don't forget the house. Mm-hmm. No, but the horse is really impressive. In this market? Crazy. Retro logo molester, pirate kit manufacturer, and the man who takes all the bleeps and bloops on this show and turns them into the bloops you love, the vocal minority podcast producer and the Yorkies writer and graphics guru, Mark Hinckley. What the up? And last but certainly not least, Wikipedia enthusiast, Bezbachenko whisperer, and communist to the stars, she's the woman who made the phrase <laughs> wet weed him in a thing, waking the red writer... Kristen Knowles. Hello, hello. I never need to do this again. You know that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Let's get this five-year plan of a show underway. (laughs) Say goodbye to your little bye week. TFC 8.0, the big bloody eels themselves are about to be unleashed, and this time it's serious, apparently. Dun-dun-dun. Despite some injury woes, the bones of a starting 11 are in place. Still, what are the biggest positional holes or hole on TFC right now? Striker. It still it still is. It's not going away anytime soon unless Gilberto and Defoe are much healthier than we think and play this week. But even they might not play because of the turf. They might not play because they're hurt, but I still see that as the biggest gaping hole for TFC. So far, I think right back would be nice if we actually had a right back play once during preseason, and rather them fit. Or, 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 Bloom. Yay! Or, or. News has been vague at best on or. And Bloom, I don't, did he even get a run out in spring? I don't think so. Is he on a full contract? Did he Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. The last, well, the interview that Nelson did yesterday seemed to say that they were still trying to get or and Bloom back to full fitness. So he did, Bloom did get a mention, but when they were asking for their long list of injury woes, uh, they were both on it, as was uh, Alvaro Ray and somebody else that I have forgotten. Um, well, Michael Bradley, Jermaine Defoe, which may or may not be full fitness, maybe just about, ooh, we don't want to play on turf, uh, which I say, for goodness! That. If uh, if you're actually fit, you're healthy, then you know, put your big boy pants on, suck it up and play. You know, these interviews where they were saying, oh, you know, they can't be playing on turf. Where were those interviews taking place? At the training center, under the bubble, on turf. They're fine. Get on with it. We'll get into the irony of playing on turf a little later mm-hmm. on. But Jermaine Defoe himself kind of poo-pooed the problems of playing on horrible turf, I think was his actual words. But uh, hey, you're going to come to this league. And this is not, I'm not necessarily saying this is Jermaine Defoe or Michael Bradley, especially Michael Bradley's opinion, but you're going to sign with this league. It's part of the deal. Otherwise, you're going to miss a whole bunch of matches through the year, depending where where your schedule lays. Uh, Any other holes we're worried about? Now, this I'm saying this without current injuries. Take the team as a whole. Mark. Bench. 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 In general? I, I th- yeah, I think, 
I think, with the exception of a goalkeeper, Joe Bendick, we are fine uh, there, but everything else is a crapshoot. Uh, granted, injuries, you know, they happen, but right now, if if anybody goes down, I can't wait to see, do they get Lombardo a week pass for the ACC? <laughs> do they get him a monthly pass? Or do they just get him a bike? Like, it's just, I hate to think that Wilmington may have frequent flyer miles so early in the season if, say, we, like, say, what if Wiedemann goes down before everybody else's match fitness? Are you going to really play, like, 4-5-1? Like, are you really going to just have one lone striker up there who's... Who's D-Row. Who's D-Row, yeah. Who's D-Row. And, like, don't get me wrong, I... See, I, I never viewed D-Row as a striker, even though he can play it, but yeah. I always found his, his effectiveness best when he plays either off of a wing or just central attacking mid. But sure, let's put him up front, but he'll need help. He'll need he'll need service. He'll need somebody to play off of, and if there's nobody running up there with him. Is who? that where you were going with this? What's Bring a, him back from Wilmington? What's, and... a, what's a John Hamilton? Um, John. <laughs> what's a John Hamilton? It's a very good question. Jordan Hamilton. Oh, in that case, Jordan. No, I, to me, neither of them, like, it's frightening. It's frightening to think that what could happen is in, an injury happens up front, and now we're struggling for two or three weeks. Given that we had a bye week, we have a home opener, and then we're going to hit the road for a little bit. But if that's the source of, of our of our offense, those are going to be three to six points we're going to desperately miss at the end of the season. Well, I think we were all kind of expecting maybe a bit of a slow start because of gelling with a full complement of players. Throw in the injuries, it could be a dodgy few weeks. Seattle could be anyone's guess right now what the lineup will look at. It could be a really throwback to 2013 lineup. Weedham and Jeremy Hall. It could be... I feel sorry for some of the people who've taken the time to fly out to Seattle to see brand new TFC and more of the same. I'm only looking at this from the worst case scenario and just the luck that this club has had in the, in, in the past. If anything can go wrong, it normally does go wrong with spectacular results. Sorry, uh, but NBC as well. Uh, no, they're going to love it. Hall and Wiedemann. Yeah, that's that's much more attractive than Bradley and Defoe. The yes. stars, the stars have come out to shine <laughs> in Seattle. <laughs> they have. So depth, obviously, one of our our biggest concerns on the team. Full strength starting eleven. We're not looking too bad. Go to the bench, mm, not so much. So with that, any former Reds still playing in the MLS will take away uh, trade restrictions. You could go grab one. Who would you grab? Alan Chris Gordon. Alan Gordon, big old Alan with his hairy, hairy head. Damn right. Um, I'm just thinking of Alan Gordon. I'd make him Todd Donovan. Todd Donovan. Yeah. Well, yeah. That wow. would, yeah. would make a startling amount one, of sense one, right that now. That one hurts my belly because that, that was maybe the worst giveaway we in mm. all our years. Uh, it's, it's arguable. It's arguable. Cronin. Oh, Donovan's yeah. worse. Oh, in give my, away. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, because yeah. we gave away everything. That's true. We, did, uh, we may have got something in return. I think it was Kevin Goldthwaite. I made you snort <laughs> water through your nose. <laughs> oh, Mark, Mark, Mark Hinkley. I, I tried to rush in to, to get my answer in before Duncan. It's not Alan Gordon, is it? No, it's not Alan Gordon. There's it only be, three Alan Gordons? It, it would be the Chad. Chad Barron. Uh, I would love to see him back. Really? As a, well, as a utility player uh-huh. and somebody who could play off of, say, Dero, he's the guy who runs around like head, like they, head with his head cut off. They've he, proven themselves before. Uh, I, I, 2010? Just for the style play. He's a, I mean, he's still a workhorse. He, uh, he saved a, a completely fortunate goal on, on Saturday. Mm. He's still all over the pitch. He was all over the pitch when uh, in that game. So I think just as a style changing up, he would be a good emergency fill-in. I think if I had to go with fill-in striker, I'd lean more to Alan Gordon just because of the size difference mm. compared to the two uh, little ones we've got. It'd be mm. nice to have a big one come in. I'm going to switch Duncan's answer to Alan Gordon so I can steal his Todd Donovan. <laughs> nice. Can I switch my switch to Alan Gordon to Eric Hasley? You may. No. Okay. 
Eric Hasley, would you bring him back on a... Okay, he won't... Him and his wife won't come back here on a cheap contract. <laughs> it, yeah. Hypothetically. No. No? Hypothetically. No, not at all. Yeah. I don't know, my... Well, he's due for one cracker of a goal. Yeah. If we get it early, that's all we need from Everything him. in my head says no, we probably shouldn't, but my gut says yeah! Your mind says no, but your body says yes. <laughs> R. Kelly. Yes. <laughs> Eric Hasley in the closet. Sure. No, I was never happy. I, I, I never really liked him. I appreciated the couple circus shots he did in Vancouver. I wasn't happy when he came here. I wasn't one of the Eric Hasley is our savior people that, you know, when he arrived, I was happy to see him go. He had and a long was, way to go to become a savior. I was happy to see him go, and uh, I would not want him back really for anything. I just I don't think he was never, he never produced what his. Uh, mm. What it what is uh, what is press said in my opinion? Right, but I mean he always had, you know, he was maybe not the goals, but he always had there was there was a presence there. There was a threat to him. There was a pouty the, the, presence there. The opponent there. has to respect, you know, if say now the, if the option is Wiedemann or Hasley, you know, you're going to be more worried about Eric Hasley than Andrew Wiedemann. Plus, Kristen is notoriously anti-francophone. Yes. So I really can't take yeah, her. Yeah, I've heard about that. Say I've, read her, I've read her blog. Yeah. Mm. Horrible stuff. Just for shits and giggles. Any. TFC player you'd bring back right now. Doesn't have to be for playing reasons. Just because you want to see him play again here. Sulzma. Sulzma. Man <laughs> nice. loves a cat. Uh, Hogan Ephraim. I want to see... What? Exactly. Where's the fun in that? Where's because the I want to see... beat that. I want to see, regardless of who he's playing with, I just want to see how long it takes for him to just sit in open space for everybody around to ignore him. Guys, guys, I'm over here. Anyone? Mark Anyone? Hinkley won. Kristen Knowles, zero. <laughs> wow. Hogan Ephraim. <laughs> you may be the only person who would, who would want his return at all. Hogan Ephraim. You can get him off. Like for Hogan fun. Ephraim. Oh. But he what? wasn't... Oh. She, she won Eric Hasley. She picked somebody else. He wasn't fun. I, I said for, for you... This was your chance to bring back anyone for fun. Mine's Maxim Yusinov because I like punching things. Well, of course yours is Maxim Yusinov. I wasn't ever going to say that because you'd glare at me and, and throw something at me. box of alphabets. Ravis uh, Iskavanovich? Not really? Well, you know. Uh, no, my, no. my hand's tired He's, of writing that oh, name. Yeah, no, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to go with Johan Smith. Uh, <laughs> former Darlington player. And, oh. <laughs> and the owner speaks. Exactly, exactly. And anybody who can just dribble the ball out of the sidelines, you know, over the, the touchline there, Without any players really anywhere close to him, there's fun in that. You are his owner. Pull some strings. <laughs> well, you're his former I'll owner. see what I can do. Get it done. Yeah. yeah. A little uh, housekeeping for TFC this week. Quietly, uh, super draft pick Dan the Critic Lovitz. It stinks. <laughs> yes. Stole from it, man. Good job. He's, uh, he signs. Uh, he announces it himself, which is always a dream for any young player. <laughs> That's pro. That's pro. And uh, immediately also announces that he's off to Wilmington as the first of the four Lone Sharks, who on TFC right now doesn't have to be someone who's going to go to the USL, could do with a year in the USL. Well, Hagland, Issy, assuming it is final, final, final. Becker, well, back and forth on Becker. I don't know, half the team? No. Um, Hagland, well, hold is up, he... Hold up for a second. Is well, he is he Nakajima Farron? Gesundheit. Yes. You, you, you're going to send him to the USL? Why not? Why? He's not going to get much playing time right now. So you're going to bring uh, this guy in and send him right down <laughs> exactly, to Wilmington? Exactly, I am. Bring him in, send him down there to get playing time with the expectation he'll be coming back in, in a month? Yeah, okay, that would make sense. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying for the whole year. I'm sending these guys for the whole year. Oh, this oh. is this is a yeah. this is a death sentence. Oh, well, you Wilmington, make that clear. The Lone Sharks are... That's the Green Mile down there. <laughs> green Mile. Um, then you got to look at Jordan Hamilton, Manuel Aparicio, 
you know, are both not going to be playing much, so I may as well send them down there. I think whoever goes down there is probably going to get called back up for emergency purposes at some point, so I don't know if any of them are really going to be down there all year. But uh, Anyone on the more established uh, squad you'd like to see uh, get a year at a lower level? I would send Gwendolyn Roberts down just because there's no reason in the world why a guy who's been a pro, quote-unquote, for the last two seasons, and he's only got half an exhibition game under his belt... Yeah, he needs to go and get a career. And I would be doing and I'd be sending him for his own good, not because he's banished. A goalkeeper who scores on England, Mark Hingley sends him down to the Carolinas. Mm. Cold. Yeah, well. I would he's not gonna go down, but uh, and you mentioned it, Kyle Becker for me. Needs needs uh I don't know if maybe that would light a fire to send him down and say, you know what, you're not performing at this level yet, and time's running out. Here's your chance. I, I could get behind that. I think you yeah. know, the one thing that he really, I think he needs is just consistent playing time. Just to, I don't get to the speed of the game. It seems like you know, friendlies, but you know, things are a little slower down. He doesn't seem too bad. He's obviously got some skill that he can show off, but you know, the, the pace of the pro game, it just seems it's passing by a bit. I think one commenter I saw I recently have labeled him the Inukshuk, which I think is just like, perfect. Oh, that's nice. Hey, here's the goal. Go ahead. Yeah, it's over there. That's where you need to go. I won't stop you. It's cold, harsh, and, but... And patriotic. Brilliantly uh, yeah. observed. Yeah, he... Cruel, uh, brilliant. I think I think the infuriating thing... I mean, we don't know him well enough. I mean, we've he kind of have seen enough that you, we formed an opinion, but we didn't see him that much to know if this is it. But he does have that... It comes across that when he's on the pitch and things are going around him, that he doesn't seem to care all that much. It's very casual. It's, it's very casual. That's a much nicer way of putting it. Casual, not uncaring. Would you say it's almost like he's trying to slow down the game to his speed rather than keep up with the spaces around him? I don't think any of us have taken the time to worry about Kyle Becker that perhaps he's in the Matrix. Mm. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> he looks like a red pill kind of guy. <laughs> they say no club is an island, except maybe the Puerto Rico Islanders. They're probably an island. At least... Some kind of archipelago, yeah. at worst. Anywho, with that in mind, it's time to turn it over to the away fixtures desk and Duncan Fletcher with a roundup of this past weekend's league action in MLS. Wins and losses. Yeah, um, well, I think first off, uh, win, hooray. Let's move back onto TFC's island. Fourth place. Playoffs, Woo-hoo! baby. Woo! Um, it's, it's so much easier when you don't have to play. <laughs> Our plus minus is fantastic. Oh, you, you can't argue with it. Yeah. Um, you know, haven't had a shot against. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Um, that obviously speaks to one of the, the issues that's out there. You could say it's a bit of a win would be for the, the Western Conference, which is clearly looking better after this one game. It was uh, five games between West and East teams, and uh, four of those were won by the West team. But, uh, it's a bit misleading, though, because uh, all of those games were at the home of the West team. So all we really know right now is home teams win. So... That might be a win, it might be a loss, I don't know. Um, other big winners, I think clearly uh, Vancouver were a bit surprising. I don't think going into like, the last couple of weeks of preseason, no one was really going to be expecting them doing much. And then obviously you know, they pick up Blaber and Morales and uh, all of a sudden say, oh, they've got a really good midfield. And it was even before Morales came on, that uh, like Fernandez, the Uruguayan kids, like, looked really good. And they, you know, they went out there and they hammered New York, so... Uh, it's a bit disturbing, really. I don't want Vancouver to be good. Watching those goals go in, all I could think of was, what a waste of a prediction from last week. Picking <laughs> Red Bull, oh, they got absolutely hammered. They were not good. No, I you know, talk about the, the big boy pants on 
on turf, whereas Thierry Henry, whereas Emerson Olave, is that part of the reason they lost? So I'm not convinced Vancouver's going to be fantastic from here on in. I mean, Kenny Miller got a couple of their goals, and eh, it seems to be his thing. He's a very inconsistent kind of guy, but a uh, good start for them. One of the, the big losers out there really surprised me, New England. I was expecting them to be really quite good this year, and uh, they started off with getting hammered 4 0 in Houston. You know, Houston's a difficult place to play, but 4 0. I mean, they were lead leading defense, or very close to it, but last year. They didn't let many goals in. Goncalves, I think, was defender of the year, perhaps, and uh, yeah, it all went wrong. Teal Bunbury, I, I'm not sad that he didn't do anything, but I <laughs> thought uh, he'd be a good addition to you know, our boy Fagundes. Fagundes! Oh, and uh, Lee Wynn, and all, they, they look like a very promising side, but that is not happening so far. I think that's my uh, biggest loser for now. Potentially runner-up to that would be Chicago. He's lost to Chivas. Come on, Chivas. That's, uh, that's not a good start. What do you call the team who loses to the eventual wooden spoon champion? Other the wooden TFC? spoon holder? Are you the... They're, currently, they're the wooden spoon. The, the wooden spork? They, they possess the wooden spoon is right there, now. Is there a lesser material slash utensil? Less you can You can assign to them? The stone ladle. I would put no, stone that sounds good. Stone ladle is better than wooden yeah, spoon. Yeah. Next issue, stone ladles versus wooden spoons. <laughs> Styrofoam. What's better for soup? But is, is the wooden Stone spoon? Soup. Is it about well, this is a crap utensil, or is or is it all about the you know the old fashioned sort of punishment thing? If you get yes. in the wooden spoon, okay. So, maybe it's so we need something more punishing. Uh, the wicker belt. To Dungeon Duncan Fletcher. Dungeon Fletcher. Sorry. Dungeon Fletcher. Tell us about torture. <laughs> I think a fork. You know, it can be painful. Like, you know, some kind of fork. Cat nine tails. Erotic. Yes. <laughs> couldn't really choose a more difficult fixture for TFC to open up 2014 with than an away day in Seattle. They've got TIFOs up the yin-yang, they say Sounders en masse a lot, and they invented soccer. Mm-hmm. Toss salad and scrambled eggs, we're at it again. Stefan Fry got a clean sheet, Chad Barrett scored the winner. It's 2010 all over again, <laughs> except this time with winning. Which one of these two is going to hurt TFC the most this weekend? Oh, Stefan Fry, for sure. He's going to get the shutout, and he's got so much to prove, not just to the league, but to his former team. Uh, I think he's going to stand on his head. The goal blur own. Absolutely. Going to show us show us what we gave away for our fancy Julio Cesar. <laughs> Um, I think he'd definitely like to do that. I'm not sure he will. I mean, you, you watch the game there. There was a, there was a couple of juicy rebounds he gave up. Is you know, some crosses into the box where he didn't really look all that good. You know, all the, which you know that's definitely a, something we've seen before with TFC. So I'd say that's the plan. You know, it's just get it out wide, throw in a whole bunch of crosses. Maybe it's about ten to fifteen yards out. One of them's going to go wrong at least. In fairness to Fry, he was playing in a nil-nil match most of the match. Maybe the first time he's seen that much of a chance to win that late in the game. <laughs> <laughs> he may have been just... <laughs> it's got to be confusing. He, he, I think he was very confused. Mm. He thought maybe he'd switch sports. <clears throat> you know, he, he crossed the border, everything's weedy whack. toilets change directions. He has flashbacks, like he's in Vietnam, he sees all the green shirts, he thinks the defender's coming out and passing the ball, he's like, what the hell, what the hell, he goes for a diving save. This is true, he, maybe, if, if, I hope we're wearing our red kits. PTSD. So, you know, mm. when they're coming at him as attackers, he'll think Falsies. it's just his defenders, <laughs> his defenders retreating as they always did in front of him. Perfect, because if we're only playing with one striker, it's like there was only one defender in front of him anyway. Yeah. There you go. Totally. This is the game plan. Ryan Nelson, if you're listening, 
Vietnam-style flashbacks for Stephen Fry. Yeah, I would like to. You know, I wish I could say that I think it'll be Chad. That you know you want to. I Just do want say to. it. Um, yeah, fine, I will do it. It's like Chad will hurt us. I mean, I was very much convinced that uh, what we saw on Saturday was this week's script, the Fry clean sheet, the, the Barrett winner. So it could happen again. Why not? Did they shoot their load already? <laughs> it, it can't happen again? They may have. They may have. I mean, I must, one thing you've got to say, it's like, mm, you know, it, it looks good right now, but You've got a crappy four years coming up, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in, in, in time and space, in, in some cosmos hole, Seattle, Seattle has now... become 2010 TFC. Yeah, they're, they're partying like it's 2010, and uh, it's it's not going to be good times from here oh. on in. I was, I must admit, being very disappointed. I was purposely went down, it's like tracked down a highlight. I was thinking, oh, we'll get to the big soundbite of when Barrett scores and everything, and we'll totally use that in here, because that'd be awesome, because Chad Barrett, and then they, they barely mention it at all. It's all, you know, Alonso and Dempsey and this and Dempsey, and then, you know, all of a sudden they scored, and they just go on and, talk, <laughs> and nobody mentions Barrett at all. It's very, Poor very Chad disappointing. Barrett. So, Dunk, who does the exaggerated check signing motion? For Seattle. Oh, good question. That's a, uh, I mean, if we're gonna, I mean, if that happens, if that happens, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm ordering my Xbox kit, probably whatever the ugly one is. I'm ordering that. That's the name and number. It goes on the back. Who do you think it'll be? It's a very, very, very good question. It can't um, be Barrett. No, no, Chad's not that type of player. No, uh, <laughs> not Chad. No, not our Chad. Uh, Kenny Cooper. I don't like Kenny Cooper. I can see he can be the obnoxious guy. You heard it here first. Yes. Kenny Cooper will be at Queen of the South on trial in January. <laughs> <laughs> Scottish football tie-in to go. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I'm going to go with, um, as much as I hope, it's both. I, I personally would like to see... Did you want both? I, no, 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 sorry. To kill us? Yes. Actually, no, you know <laughs> what? what? I'm, I'm all for a good Boo. narrative. I am. Mm. I have no problem with the guys who used to play for us coming in and playing well. I want to see that. Especially when they go out on fortunate circumstances. The ones who leave because they're a pain in the ass like Hasley, you know, I, I'm not going to applaud his performance ever. Somebody like Fry, who realistically only got his last home game because Bendik was hurt. He should have got that anyway. We'll never find out if that if he was ever going to get that game. But Fry was, Fry was a stalwart, and he got bumped by somebody else, and he sat on the bench and lost his spot. I want to see him play well. Not to say that I want to see Toronto lose to every ex-player we've got. Because that's a lot of ex-players. That's that's the entire Mm -hmm. league, folks. But, uh, and and Barrett, I think a Barrett hat trick would just be funny as all. I would cry at the idea of him being on a brace. I think that would be hysterical. (laughs) Going into into the 88th minute and one-on-one with Cesar and Potsit, I think that would be funny. Yeah. That being said, on the, when when Seattle does come by, and I don't know if they are, I don't remember the schedule, but if Seattle comes by and they do pummel us 3-0, I hope we beat the hell out of them like 6-0. Well, that won't happen until next year, but um, the worst thing about like Chad Barrett scoring even one goal is that you know everywhere, the message boards, Twitter, whatever, it's all going to be full of, oh my God, why couldn't he do that when he was at Toronto? And it's just going to drive me fucking nuts. It's okay, just point into our <laughs> match reports. I'm pretty sure we did a good job of Outlining mm. why he was crap when he was crap. And hey. He, hey, when he left, there was a fan of his too, all right? It was De Guzman, right? Oh, De Guzman. That was the reason? <laughs> That's the reason for everything. <laughs> so, putting injuries aside, because we don't really know how TFC is going to line up for certain. There's a lot of, you know... I'm hoping... We're hoping for a full lineup, but we don't know. Yeah. That being said, 
let's assume a pretty full lineup. Marquee matchups. Who's going to be the difference makers in this match? I have a feeling Defoe, if he plays, it's not his time yet. I think it'll take him a little while. He just got off the plane with a wag like 48 hours ago. Not sure how he, many... He brought a wag with him? It looked like it. Has he, has he got I, a I shouldn't, Toronto I, one now as well? I yeah, shouldn't yeah. have said, oh, he's at least on number six. <laughs> okay. He's been there for 48 hours, man. <laughs> who, are we, who are we looking at? TFC difference maker. Bradley. Michael just, Bradley. I, just assuming he plays, and he's going to. I don't see he's, I don't see any way he's not going to. As much as he's really... For goodness. I'm good. He's the and boss of the midfield. He's the general of the mm. midfield. And I think you say who's going to make an impact. It's His absence would really kill us. I mean... They've got, you know, he's maybe not going to come up, come up against Alonso all that much, but they've got Marco Papa as well. There's a lot of good players. And Obafemi Martins and Clint Dempsey are probably both the types that will be coming, dropping back a little. And it's one of those things, you know, you think, yeah, you know, Toronto, they've done well, we've got a good team now. It's like, yeah, no, no, we, we've got ourselves a kind of crappy team with some good players. There are, you know, certain teams out there that, ooh, there's actually a lot of good players on your team. And Seattle's one of them, so... We're going to very much need Bradley to be in there doing his thing as best he can just to give us a chance. I think if there's one thing TFC has always done well is help out teams who are slumping and players who are slumping. Mm-hmm. See, I don't... Hmm. It, that's a tough one because... Uh, it, it doesn't have to be slumping, Blair. It could oh, be... Yeah. Well, just a player... could be Marco Pipo Papa. Oh, Papa for Pupa? That was a great substitution. Marco um, Papa? Clickety click. So I'm going to go with... Yeah, you know, I'll say I'll say Di Rosario. I say Di Rosario is going to... He's... Only because he's the kind of guy who will show up and make something out of nothing and bag a bag a goal or two, and only because I really got to pick somebody, I'm going to nice. go zero. And this is a scientific fact: Scarborough has the best flag of all former metropolitan Toronto neighborhoods. Yes, yeah, true. He it says the, unbiasedly. It's, it's a science it has, fact. It's a scientific fact. It was proven by flagologists. It has the bluffs on it. Vexologists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say flagologists. You know, yeah. I saw it on Wikipedia. And. It has the bluffs and a Canadian flag. It's patriotic and geographical. It's true. Mm. It's beautiful. Not keen on things being doused in Canadian flags. <laughs> <laughs> it only has one. We know that. Speaking of science, if a sounder made a sound, what sound would it make? I think it's something like this. <sighs> Self-satisfied because they invented the sport. Mine, mine was going to be more like... <sighs> You know, caffeinated and self-satisfied. Yeah, yeah it's just kind of like theme. We're we're amazing, and then a, a, a sip of a sip of glory. Nice, the glory sip. Uh, mine is silence because a sounder doesn't make a sound unless their corporate overlords tell them to. Ooh, Ooh interesting. Wow, that's Ooh. really deep. <laughs> interesting. Left wing. I'm gonna go with the the gentle flapping of the sail of a yacht. <gasps> Sure. I don't know exactly how you went, but uh, that works. Yeah, seagulls off in the distance for sure. Mm. Here comes Bitchy. Nice. (laughs) Maritime. Yeah? Yeah. Puget Sounds. Those are amazing puns. (laughs) (laughs) What will a TFC player do to make you swear loudest at your TV this weekend? Doniel Henry will follow over (laughs) Phoebe Martin's way further out than he should do, and it'll all go horribly wrong. He realizes out of his position, he'll really clumsily bring down Obafemi Martins. A dangerous free kick at the very least, if not a penalty, get himself sent off. Done. Honestly, you should have done Daniel Henry, and that we know is yeah. how he's done. <laughs> sure. Anybody who watches this, he sure. knows. It's like, yep, no, he's right. He's got it. Ashton Morgan's going to overcommit down the wing, as usual, and uh, just get run past and goal. You guys are very scientific about this. I like it. I was going to think Bradley, we were... or Bradley Orr might uh, accidentally headbutt someone. 
I, I was I'm waiting for him to intentionally do it because mm-hmm. that is something to look forward to. There's yes. gotta be a sign from like the coach for that. Right. You know, like in baseball. Be like a Mortal Kombat finish. Absolutely. <laughs> Two fingers of the skull. Just, uh, oh okay. Sweep the leg, you Eastern know. Promises style. A yeah. small, oh. supple nod. Were they both at Blackburn at the same time, or in Nelson? I think, yes, for, for a now, brief... Nelson just lifts up his sweater vest, shows a little bit of a Blackburn jersey underneath, <laughs> and he knows that's the sign. The kill flag. Yes. <laughs> that's vexology, people. <laughs> I think the one thing that will make me swear the loudest... Okay, granted, it's not a completely new 11, but with a mostly changed 11, they still look like last year, or worse yet, the year before. Anytime, like, a good ten minutes of just mediocrity and just lack of imagination, lack of desire, even when there's no threat from Seattle actually score, that kind of, we're playing in the middle third of the pitch and not doing anything, that's when I'm going to swear the most, because that means from the beginning, nobody's gotten creative over the, over the winter, nobody got creative during during the training, and nobody's got is trying to be creative right now as the season goes on. That will make me swear the most. Yeah, my... Uh... This is all very bleak so far. (laughs) We're a cheery bunch here. (laughs) Headbutting aside, I think that's a really good point. I think, and I think it's going to be one that we may have to wait a while to see the effects of improvement. But there will be a lot of screaming from a lot of people watching a lot of TVs in Toronto if the tactics look very straightforward, as was Nelson's way when he said he didn't have the players to play any other style. Yes. Yeah. If that doesn't improve, maybe not against Seattle, but in the next short period, then uh, I think people will start getting frustrated. For the record, I will say that TSC 2013 looked and played a lot better than TSC 2012. So it's the TSC 2012 the one that had that listlessness, that lack of imagination, that lack of ambition of doing anything. That's the one I'm really going to yell at. That means it's regression. At least the team last year, as far as I'm concerned, showed attempts to play up the middle. You know, they showed attempts to try and, hey, let's do, let's let's cross the ball on a diagonal from the left side to the, to the right side of the penalty area and just see what happens. There was none of that. I felt that 2012 was the bleakest as far as on-field for performance, the talent level arguably got worse in 2013. They they unearthed some, some some incredible gems, but the play was at least more creative in 2013. So if they regress two years for more than five minutes, I'm going to get the cops calling me for excessive swearing. Nice. Um, yeah, I think you know, if, if we see any of them you know, just throwing long balls up for Jermaine Defoe to fight Chad Marshall for, then you know, that, that's a sign that we're in for a tough road. More Seattle news here. In more important science, if you, meaning the panel here, but you can tell us too, could have a Starbucks non-fat Tazo Chai Mocha Latte with any two famous Seattleites, real or fictitious, who would you choose? For me, former Seattle supersonic Xavier McDaniel and Bigfoot. Ooh, X-Men. Good call. Wow. I I approve. Um, I am going to go with uh, Eddie, the dog from Frasier, mm, and nice. uh, Henri, le chat noir. It's uh, Henry the Existential Cat in, in English. Uh, it's YouTube sensation. A lot of fun. Wow. wow. That's, that's, that's I, and good. dogs and cats. Cats and yes. dogs <laughs> living together. together. <laughs> <Yes>. Mass hysteria <laughs> in Washington. Who doesn't want mass hysteria? I, I had Henri on my list, oh, and, uh, I, I, but I crossed him off. Knowing, I think, somehow, that you were going to take him. Uh, Fraser Crane, keeping it in the Crane household. Mm. And uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot. 
Love her uh, uh, big butts and uh, truth teller. Yeah, Fraser Crane yeah. loves big butts. Damn yeah. straight. Yeah, Lilith seems so slim. That's yeah. what not Miles Crane. No, not Lilith was, Fraser was married. married. Oh, that's Cheers. Daris. Oh, yeah. see, I'm so far behind oh. on the Crane family. It's got embarrassing. Right? Okay. Wow. Um, sorry. So wow. I know, Seattle. I know. I'm just going to yeah. slink away now. Yeah, yeah. Two Band. people from Seattle I would like to have a latte with. I'm going to go with uh, Dave Grohl from uh, Extermana, Current Foo Fighters, because nice. I really enjoyed the first Foo Fighters album. And uh, Chris Novoselic, also Extermana, because the guy probably needs a drink with all the lack of fame he had after mm. Nirvana passing away. Yeah. So yeah, so that, those would be the two I'd go for. Wow, with the ghost of Kurt Cobain watching <laughs> mournfully in the background? Oh yeah. Oh, with his oh, coffees. Are you, are you going to be pretending to be Kurt Cobain in this thing? You no, go, hey, Dave, Chris, call me Kurt. No, no, no I don't have a shotgun. Now we all know Seattle's claim to fame is their very large stadium and their very large crowds. By sheer numbers alone, does that make... The Seattle Sounders supporters are the best fans in the league. If not, who are? No, Portland. No Portland. No Portland. Time Sue. Um, Yes and no. Yes, as far as terms of size go, you can't really deny it. But no, I'll I'll go back to D.C. You know, before TFC came along and reinvented everything and all that sort of thing. You know, D.C., the Screaming Eagles, the Barra Brava, they were there. They got the big bouncy stadium in RFK and everything. I'd... uh, they are the originators like of, of, of sure. awesome MLS supporters. Absolutely. Also, I, I'd like to point out the first time I saw the the Screaming Eagles on tour, they were when they came up here. First time I noticed they had a banner, somebody was standing in front of the first letter, and I thought, "What the? Fuck? It's a Screaming Eagle." <laughs> <laughs> it's a. Uh... <laughs> yes, that's one spit take for me too, son. Yeah. The answer is Bitchy the Hawk's dream. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you try to take a subtle swig of beer, and it's not your turn to talk, uh, and you get a cream and eagle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds like it. That sounds like a delicacy, yeah. doesn't it? I'm with Duncan on this one. Got to go back to the true originators of any kind of supporter atmosphere in the league. They've had more than enough hard times with their stadium problem. They've had some lean years now. It must be tough being the former. Super Club now, the not-so-much-Super Club. You look at the... Yeah, they got pain, didn't they? Yeah. They, they got, they, they got the pain also. and they gave away the pain. They got a lot of good times out of Kevin yeah, Payne. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was, yeah. Wasn't also Bruce Arena part, a large part of that, too? As I was, um, what's his name, Thomas Rongan. Yeah, drove them all out. Never mind, those supporters have had a lot of good times. Yeah. <laughs> I changed my answer to one of the musket guys at New England, because, God damn it, they've seen some bad times. And they have to go to... Foxborough. Oh, yeah. Which is mm. halfway between Boston and Providence. Oh, terrible. Which, you know, is terrible. The Etobicoke of New England. Ooh. I, I have nothing to base that on. <laughs> Before we uh, leave the segment, let's say something nice about Seattle and or the Sounders. Um, I will say I went there in 2010. I had a, a very good time. I tried walking through downtown on a Saturday morning and the, the whole place was completely empty. Might have been a Sunday morning, I'm not sure. But, you know, we found a bar that was open and uh, they were showing football, so we went in and turns out that was the home bar of Gorilla FC. And they were super friendly. They were all, hey, thanks for traveling. Do you want a donut? And all this sort of thing. So some of them at least are very nice people. You heard it here first. Empty streets, friendly people, donuts. Yes. Seattle. <laughs> we nailed it. Former home of the Supersonics. What uh, What more can you say? Doesn't yeah. get, I don't have to only talk about soccer, but uh, Supersonics. What a great name. What, what a great a, team. What a great uniform. Fantastic Come on. uniform. Yeah. I was getting to that. Logo. 
a Sasquatch as a mascot. Exactly. Sasquatch is my only reason, my nice thing to say about Seattle. <laughs> Where are they now? Oh, oh they Oklahoma are. City. Oklahoma. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. ultimately yeah. depressing. And good families like the Hendersons who take care of uh, Sasquatches. That's a good Sasquatch eye. Sasquatches. Sasquatches. Yeah. We're, we're, no, no. Oh, I'm going to look. All right. All right. Let's see, Wiki. Don't fail me now. KZ Knowles checks things on the Wikipedia. Plural of Sasquatch is Sasquatches, or Yay. Sasquatches, depending on uh, what emphasis you want to put on this level. So there we go. Problem solved. The Book Minority Podcast, your number one source for paranormal science. Very nice. <laughs> Final nice thing to say about Seattle, Mark Hinckley. Poroshkis. What? I'm glad you asked. Yes. So there is a the Russian community that kind of settled in, in Seattle, and uh, they brought over this pastry stuffed delicacy. It's got other names and other deviations from other Eastern European nations. Is it like a pierogi? No, it's not like a pierogi. It's, it, <gasps> it's okay. Keep going. Uh, Keep it's, going. Uh, Sorry. It's just it's just like a, a light puff pastry stuffed with meats with various spices and all that. And there's one shop downtown that sells pierogies and. Apparently during 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, before work, there's lineups at the door. I managed to get one, uh, I think this is maybe about 7 years ago, 7 or 8 years ago I went down there. And worth the hype. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. I recommend it if you're ever there. Seattle, Poroshkis, long live the Ukraine. And uh, one of the things... Topical. Home of Skid Row. That whole terminology. Mm-hmm. Final scores, Tor- Seattle Sounders versus Toronto FC. Sounders 3, Toronto FC... None. None. 2-0. Seattle. Sorry. Love you. Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm also going 3-0. Seattle always score 3 against Toronto. I don't think we're going to score any, so 3-0. 3-1. Hooray! Mongol. Seattle won 3-0. Good news! Good news! I waked up late on a Saturday, hung over from a show last night to be played with the scoop down there with the chops away. Had a lot of allies at the ballet, but hey, feeling kind of hungry, hit Broadway. Nah, food, I ain't got no spare change. Hate it when these broke teenagers approach me, slide by quickly, get my Baroque. We're trying something new here at the Vocal Minority Podcast this week. We want some fan interaction. We're going to do it hashtag style with a little blankety blank game. It's TFC, so it's bitchy blanks. Hashtag bitchy blanks. We'll give you a sentence with a blank. We want you to fill it in and get in touch with us on our Twitter account, which is Vocal Minority Pod. V O C L M I N O R. You get the rest. Twitter. So with the hashtag bitchy blanks, this week's blank is Michael Bradley's head is so shiny I can see blank. We want your best answers. We'll read them out on our next show. So that's on Twitter at. Vocal Minority Pod, no A in the vocal, or leave it in the comments section where hashtags don't really exist anyway. Welcome to the 90s. This past week, Waking the Reds' Dave Rowan wrote a highly in-depth article looking into the world of hybrid turf, coming soon to Pinball Clemens Stadium, a.k.a. BMO (laughs) Field. It's a highly recommended read for anyone who wants to know more about what your Reds will be running about on soon, including some very interesting points about a fear for many, CFL paint lines and the as-of-yet non-existent technology to completely remove it, despite Tim Lewicki's promises of new paint technology that comes right off. So, opinion around the table. Is Tim Lewicki lying? Is he ignorant of the facts? Or does he simply not see gridiron lines as part of a valuable soccer experience? I think he's optimistic. I think he believes the technology can be developed. 
I believe he knows that it currently doesn't, at least not well enough. I also think that he believes that there is a midpoint where, you know, we've scrubbed enough of it off, this will be fine. And that's going to be what we get stuck with until either the technology comes around or everybody stops bitching about it. Yeah, I think all of the above, really. I think he doesn't think, yeah, this isn't that big of a deal. We just got to kind of bluff our way through it. And then eventually, by the time we actually get there and realize we can't do it, it's too late. So whatever. But, you know, as I say, he's probably optimistic. You know, he hopes it might be out there, but I think probably realizes right now it isn't. But he's still going to keep it. Go ahead and tell us. So. All of the above. I sort of agree with Duncan in that I think it is a lot of all of the above. He's, you know, we've heard him talk and, and sure, he's a, he's a smooth talker to begin with, willing to say what people want to hear. But I do think that there is a little bit of sincerity there and that they hope that what they've been told from these various manufacturers that, oh yes, we have the technology, kind of like the $6 million man. We can do this. We promise. Um, they probably can't. Uh, we haven't seen anything that says they can and... Any questions we've asked? Have you seen a demonstration has been met with? Well, no. But I also think there's a little bit of, well, perhaps they'll be so blown away by all the other improvements, i.e. our fancy new roof, that it won't bother them so much. Really, do the lines really matter to the fans? Yes, they do. A lot. But I think that they think that something is going to, there's going to be a balance and we won't be as upset as we say we are. Yeah, I, I think it's a healthy dose of hucksterism. From Tim Lewicki. Uh, it's with a track breaker bend. It's our own monorail. Mm-hmm. You know, it's coming. It's I, say I, monorail. Monorail. <laughs> I think he's coming from a very old North American point of view of football where the lines to him, I don't think it's penetrating his mind that it really is any kind of big deal. He's given it a few words, but there's never been a real stress on it. Uh, there's way more stress on the quality of the pitch. Yeah. It's just been kind of given this, oh yeah, that too, the, the lines, don't worry about that, we'll take care of it. It's engineering, in his words. So I, I don't even, I'm not even sure it's really, it's definitely not keeping him up at night, like it is some supporters. Yeah. So I'm not hopeful, because I don't think it's really high on the list of issues of what they're going to be aiming for at uh, new BMO Field. Mm-hmm. So if the technology doesn't drastically change in the next two years... What do we expect the pitch to look like a month after the Argos and TFC are sharing? Are we talking about the lines or the quality of the pitch here? Both. Both. Lines, I think probably the vast majority of the games we won't really notice. They'll be able to schedule things around so that there is enough time. I think there's probably going to be once or twice a year where... Whether it's we qualify for CONCACAF or you know, we make playoffs. Maybe there's a Canada game, who knows? There's going to be something comes up where, oh, we don't have time. And, oh, well, this is it. But, you know, it's just this one-off. It's okay. The pitch, yeah, I think it'll be okay. I'm not too bothered about the, the quality of the pitch just because... I know I, I grew up watching football into the 80s and 90s and football pitches back then were pigsties compared to what they are right now and football was fine back then so let them play in mud a few divots and all that sort of thing whatever is it Line? hybrid mud where mud is stitched together with fake mud <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. mud uh, yeah. it's the most durable mud around oh, absolutely yeah only the finest stadiums in the European Premier League have it yeah callbacks I think the state of the pitch will be, I hate to say it, but a get-used-to-it situation where it's going to be a cross between that whole, they've, they've found a way to paint the lines so that it's not too bad, and you'll have the occasional, it looks like smudging everywhere on the pitch, and it, it'll, it'll look sloppy, but it will be tolerable. I think the condition of the pitch probably be intact. 
I read part of the, some of the article that Dave did write, and the fact that he mentioned some of the rugby sides, like Hull was the first thing that came to mind because they have a top flight, two top flight rugby league teams, and I think only one of them plays in, in the KC Stadium and Hull City, and the pitch always looks fine anytime I've seen Hull City at home. I'm predicting that it will be fine. It'll be far from perfect, but it'll be far from unwatchable crap. Yeah, I guess I sort of fall somewhere in the same lines as, as both Duncan and Mark. It's, it's obviously not going to be what we're looking at now. We know that. And part of me is okay in the, not the lines part. The lines part is the part that terrifies me more than anything. The hybrid doesn't worry me as much because it's not the crap we had before. It's not that turf we had. It's not what we've seen uh, Montreal play on. It's not what we see Vancouver play on. It could be a hell of a lot worse in terms of playing surface. And I think that it'll survive. And plus, we've all played. Wasn't playing in the mud. Hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> Those were no. the fun games. Come on. No, it was terrible. The ball oh, weighted, shut up. The ball that was so much fun. falling. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> you take, you can, I'll take a dry day any day of the week. No, mud ball was fun. Um, I yeah, it's for me the more the the build up with the lines. There's those weeks where it doesn't come off. It got, comes mostly off this one week, and then the next week, well, they couldn't get quite as much off. It's just going to be that's my concern, and that's where I think the issues will will arise in terms of fan experience. Okay, speaking of fan experience, worst case scenario, gradual degradation of the field. Do fans ever leave because of the field? Do you think? Yes. In any numbers, and at what point? What What is you think is the tipping point? Consistent uh, seeing the lines, personally. I yeah. think that as soon as you can see that ad at the center all the time and the yard markers, I think they're gone. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have those ads on, on near the center marker anymore. Because now that, whenever it happens, I'm not even sure if it's gone through. But if MLSC takes over the team, they're not really going to be needing that advertising space as badly as, say, um, Roger Center or... Braley, who may have allowed it, I don't know. I don't know how that who owned that deal, but I could see that not being there, that those ads not being there. That being said, you still have to deal with end zone markings. These giant blue faded letters in and around the goal area. You have to deal with the, the stupid hash marks everywhere. The the numbers on the pitch. It's like there was a rugby international yeah. game, and you could still see you could still see the lines on the pitch. Granted, a couple things. One, it's rugby. Nowhere near the markings. Two, it was a one off. And three, by the following game, you had no idea there was a rugby match. So, I mean, in that case, it was exceptional, but far from the norm. If you can see the hash marks and the lines all over the pitch, and they're clear. Not just faded, but clear. I think the breaking point's going to be where a referee screws up because he didn't realize that the out-of-bounds is here for, for soccer. Something happened out-of-bounds on the football lines, and he blows the call. This is a joke, top to bottom. Has that ever happened though? I mean, there's a lot of stadiums out there. You think it's like Giant Stadium, you know, plenty that are out there. Has has there any documented instances where that? I I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like, it doesn't have to be like, you know, a blown call for a penalty. It could be something as simple as a throw in. Like, I've seen that happen in a throw in situation, and it was a a low level game. (laughs) But once that happened, it was so hard to be invested in the match if, if the officials. Even if it was just, and it was only the one time they really blew it. But if the officials blow it, what are the players doing, and how are the fans perceiving it? I think the perception is a really good point, even aside from the officials. Even if the officiating was great, we all here have watched too much football in life. There's been games that we've had to watch on with the full gridiron lines, like back in the day in Giant Stadium. And sometimes I didn't know when the ball was going out of bounds. Mm-hmm. For me personally, obviously, I've made it very clear here. Gridiron lines is it for me. There's too much football in the world to watch bad football. So it would be interesting if it gets to that point. 
what number of people are willing to leave. You know, that's there's other factors probably with TFC how they're doing at the time and stuff. But I don't think it's uh, as minor an issue as maybe they're thinking it may be. We'd love to hear your opinion on what would push you over the edge of leaving TFC. Are the lines too much? Is it the surface? Contact us on Twitter at Vocal Minority Pod, again, V O C L Minority Pod, or on our website, vocalminoritypod.blogspot.com. You can leave us a message in the comments section, and we'd love to hear some of your reactions and read them out on our next episode. Hinkley, the Mr. Blackwell of Kit Critics and former host of E! News MLS Fashion Police with Joan Rivers took to the Yorkies this week with his best and worst of new MLS kits. Fashion! I turn to my left and I ask, whose kit is the hottest of the new ones? I would say from strictly a standpoint as far as the identity of what you think of a club, I think LA's is by far and away the best as a primary kit. And this is this is where my distinction will be between primary and just best kit. They have the best primary kit going right now. I think that's just stunning. Little bits of piping, excuse me, forgive me all, because I'm a graphic designer and this is kind of my jam. Um, uh, the trend that they have on, along the collars do such a nice job of accenting what's otherwise a, a white shirt with a blue sash. And the sash looks phenomenal. It's got a transition color for going from the shoulder and it's working way down. It goes from like a royal blue to a navy blue. These are just the stupid things I noticed and I noticed them within seconds. The best kit going right now though is the new Sporting KC away kit. The hoops are stunning. And I hate Sporting Kansas City. I hate everything about them. I hate some of their players. I hate their stadium. I hate their supporters. The cauldron. Ugh. I hate the fact that they used to be the Wizards and then used to be the Wiz. I hate everything. But that kit is spectacular. Duncan Fletcher is asleep, by the way. <laughs> to be expected. <laughs> Kristen. I uh, disagree completely with my learned friend to my right here. I cannot stand either of those kits. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly what I was just doing to you. I don't like... Yeah, I, I, LA's cat... Columbus LA's, has a cat. LA's uh, <laughs> kit makes me angry. I, I can't even explain it. It's just a visceral reaction to their kit. I cannot stand it. And sorry, what was the other one? I'm so focused on the LA hate. Casey. Oh, Where yeah. Casey no, be- because they didn't commit. They didn't commit to the hoops. It, it You're just, a full hoop girl. I'm a full hoop kind half of girl. Half hoops just won't cut it. Exactly. Yeah, nobody likes a hoop. <laughs> yeah. So that would be a half hoop. My current favorite out of that list you posted anyway, um, although I agree, is uh, the Portland one. I, I love that kit. That Portland third is... That is that is a nice kit. It would be better without the sponsor, but I love the feel of it. I love the color combination. It just makes me happy. I, I like the sponsor. But I, I like. I, that's it's my, not a bad sponsor. That's for my. That's my favorite sponsor. Stop grumbling at me, Duncan Fletcher. He's gnawing on the table as we speak. No, the Portland Third, the new Portland Third, is my favorite of the new ones. Yeah. And the fact that the sponsor went retro. Yes. Oh, awesome. absolutely. Yeah. In a world where, a in a world, font? come on. Yeah. In a world where sponsors <laughs> are forced upon clubs, mm-hmm. and you know, for them to allow their logo to go retro, mm-hmm. 
It's very against modern branding. It is. Mm. Wouldn't you say, Duncan Fletcher? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Thanks, um, Duncan. And now... Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, my favorites uh, would be, just from watching this weekend's action, uh, Chivas. It's very straightforward. Red and white stripes. No sponsor. Just no nonsense. That's a Chivas kit. I like it. And then, you know, if we're going like, to forget about the whole sponsor thing, uh, this is not a new kit, but uh, Philadelphia's... Uh, Bethlehem Steel on their third kit, the sort of black and white one. If you take, it's fantastic. Take the bimbo off it, and that's a, a magnificent shirt. Where's the live by? <laughs> yes. I tend to like the bimbo. Take the bimbo but off. It's nothing do, do you take the bimbo off the shirt, or do you take the shirt off the bimbo? Oh. oh. What's best? Well, Deep. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag depthy. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. I like the retro thing. I like the fact that, that Bimbo allowed their logo to be modified to resemble Bethlehem Steel's logo, whatever it was back in the day. I will go this far. I like it so much. My next flight to Nome, Alaska Airlines. Ooh. I'm saying it right here. Now that's supporting sponsors. Mm. No that's dog sleds. No. That's commitment. No whaling ships. Alaskan Airlines and that big god they have on the tail. But the fence. whaling ship industry, you'll destroy it. Ah, Sarah Palin, etc. That sounds derogatory. Yeah. There goes the American audience. Sorry, Jacob Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't listening anyway. Socialists. <laughs> Hashtag America. <laughs> on the flip side of the new kits, whose kit is not hot? I'm against the Dallas kit. Only because of the abandonment of hoops. Yes, it's in the, the pattern of the fabric, but that's not... It's like red and slightly darker red. They're red and white hoops. Now, for all the for all the years that they've been calling themselves the hoops, and you hear it on TV, and it sounds so forced... Their mascot's Tex Hooper, for God's sake. Oh, jeez. They should have... The bull that threatened the Bob the Clerk. Threatened Bob the Clerk. <laughs> Tex Hooper. International criminal. <laughs> I if he's not wearing that. hoops, it doesn't make sense. Maybe anymore. this is why they got rid of the hoops to hide Tex Hooper and his uh, meth lab. Tex Two Toner. <laughs> it's not the same for Elite that has had ample opportunity to develop individual brands and identities just based on simple pattern. In this day and age, where you know marketing is king and you want to be unique and stand out amongst the crowd, having another red kit seems like a bad idea, and that's really what it is. It's like. If you want to be the hoops, that's great. I think it's wasted on Dallas, but fine. You're the hoops. Be the hoops. Stay the hoops. I would also like to give a an honorable mention to their neighbors, Houston, and their vanilla ass white kit, which was my worst. <sighs> Snore sound effect. It's just like there's nothing even there's. I don't even think there's anything in the in the fabric. It's just nothing. It's just nothing. Maybe they're embracing their space. What's theme. wrong with simple? This is North America. Yeah, that's a good point. We like razzle dazzle here. Doesn't doesn't you're the team that you own? Um, what, what's their what's their pattern? Is it plain what? Plain what? Uh, it's black and white hoop. It's two colors, right? So you've got oh ordinary simple, and you've got hoops and the team that you own. As an owner, do you find yourself very hypocritical in this position? Well, I mean, you can say that, but if if you haven't actually ever owned a club. Uh, <laughs> You, you, you really, you, you just don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I can't respect your opinion. You, you should just stop talking. <laughs> That's all I've got to say. This oh, is lot, this you, is... you just don't understand the, how, the, the pressures that there are for an owner. Touche, Duncan. Mm. Touche. Now we know what Duncan sounds like when the Northern Premier League owners get together for their AGMs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, don't mess with them. To be fair, your badge has a Quaker wagon and a hat. 
It's a train. Oh. Stevenson's rocket. Oh, like one it? of the first trains ever. It came from Darlington. Didn't that, that go in a circle? There. Come on, trainer. You no, should it, know it this. It went from Darlington to Stockton. Mm. That's not a circle. And yes, a Quaker hat. He <laughs> 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 concedes on that point. <laughs> Sticking with kits. Current, historical MLS, whatever you want. If you didn't support TFC, what MLS kit would you wear? Ooh, For me, Tampa Bay Mutiny teal with the Space Invader on it. With the one with it, is it when they went stripes or was it that weird zigzaggy half? Zigzaggy half thing. Oh, jeez. Because I like garish. I think if I was gonna go garish, then it doesn't have to be. You can go classic. Well, yeah, that, that's there's my two options. Where I think yeah. if you're gonna go garish, it would be you, know, you got to go Kansas City. Uh, were they the Wiz or the Wizards? The Wiz. The, the Rainbow. Yes. Rainbow Nation. Precky, obviously, on the back. So, you know, if I was going to go like classy and proper. What would you wear to a fine dining establishment? <laughs> First date, with, with, what do you with, wear? With your new gentleman's scarf from TFC. Right, yes. I know, I think, yeah, again, quite possibly the, the Trivis one. It's, it's just simple. It's, mm. There's no sponsor. That's all I ask. Any, TFC could put out any... Piece of Sanchez kit they want. As long as it doesn't have a sponsor, I'll buy it. The chip is kit hard to pair with a nice tie Probably. for formal dining. Probably. If you go to an establishment that demands a tie. For sure. I got three. Two of them are garish. One is the Casey Wiz rainbow one. White or black? Um, oh, that's a good one. I'm going to go to black. Mm. I need the black, the black, mm. the black and blue. Good for weddings, too. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's all purpose. Yes. My, my favorite garish one, um, I'm going to go uh, uh, LA Galaxy when they were gold with the teal sash. As terrible as it was, it is the most unique base kit scheme I think it'd be on the planet. You run into a football nerd anywhere in the world, and they could spot you from 200 yards away and go, LA Galaxy. They know that, because nobody's got that pattern. Uh, my favorite, DC United had, had the, the 3D strikes, and they went horizontal across the chest, right below the badge. And I don't think they had a sponsor. And that was a shirt that you could, you could go anywhere with that. It was... Just class, top to bottom. You could slowly back into the horizon, too. True. All right, I'm uh, not the kit maniacs that you guys are, so I don't have as much depth of knowledge. I do like the home Houston kit, because I just... The uh, current one? Yeah. Mm. I'm very fond of... I like the orange. What can I say? And uh, I was going to pick the black uh, KC Wiz kit for my garish choice just because Popular. it's freaking hard to resist i'm surprised no one uh, or i'm surprised everyone resisted the uh one quarter barbasol columbus crew away <laughs> kiss it is tough to resist yeah, that's, yeah. that's garish it's it's like a belly shirt that's gone too high <laughs> if you needed a white trash style kit that would probably be it i'm gonna go out to my pickup truck and i need to cut off all of the barbecue sauce stains so, you know what? I'll just go above the nipples, cut, 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 and then i got a white beater underneath. Is it the 21st century Caribou's kit? Whoa. For those who don't know, the oh, look it up. Caribou's of Colorado of the NASL had tassels. Tassels! Cowboy tassels. Tassels. Were they, are they tassels or a fringe? Fringe, sorry. Well, yeah, fringe Both. tassels. Terry Dunfield would have approved. Before we uh, wrap up the fashion talk... Newest uh, member of MLS will be David Beckham's Miami franchise. If you could put one feature on Miami's new kits, what would it be? Kristen. I want flamingos. Flamingos. Badge or full kit? 
Oh, full kit. Whoa, full flamingo. Like inlaid or like just completely graphic on it? Oh, inlaid. But I so, want like bright pink. Okay. Oh, I don't Two-tone want it, pink? Yeah, I don't want it subtle. I want those flamingos to flamingo, be known. The flamingo is the least subtle animal. <laughs> it's true. It's really not very good at the, uh, at the subtleties. Yeah, it's true. It? It's like, look, I'm pink and I stand on one leg. Duncan. Uh, I'm going for an embossed palm tree. Uh, the embossed made up of tiny, like thousands of tiny little palm trees all adding together to make one giant palm tree. Ooh. Very MLSE slash Dubai. Yes. I enjoy it. Classy. I'm going to go with Beach Ball Goalie Kit. Ooh. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. I, you know, you, can, you take a beach ball, and you know, you look at the bottom and there's the green spot, and then it just branches out into colors. Mm. Front goalkeeper kit. Either like a target. Yeah, kind of like a target. It, it's either going to be... Everyone's going to shoot right at him. Either it's going to be the hottest thing out of irony, or it's going to be Jorge Campos all over again. So I, I'm going with If one. you get a, a rather a rotund goalkeeper, too, it's just fantastic. <laughs> oh, also, also, we put the stadium near the beach called the same place. Nice. down to squeaky bum time on today's show but we'll be back next week with a post-mortem on the seattle match and a look ahead to the bmo field home opener against dc united in no doubt frigid conditions as usual our crack team here at the vmp are working on some high-end investigative journalism Kristen knowles you can follow her on twitter at kz knowles what are you working on well i'm currently working on a new pronunciation guide for tfc players I, I find that the current one is clearly not giving the players freedom of how they might want their names pronounced. So Michael Bradley is Mikael Bradley, Ooh. just for starters. Nice. And we'll go from there. Wordy. Sounds fancy. Oh. Colonel Mark Hinckley. You can follow him at Ignertalk on Twitter. I-G-N-I-R-T-O-Q. Nailed it. What's on your desk for next week? I have got, you know, in, in, to, to go along with the whole, the whole kit theme... I'm doing an expose on tassels in kits. So far, I've only got one. He only wants coffee for for his participation, which it's you know it's it's journalistic integrity, but I figure it's worth it. I just need to find any other footballer to help me out with this. So, if anyone out there knows another footballer who who enjoys their tassels and help me come up with this piece, I'm really gunning for awards on this. Thank you. Controversial. Duncan Fletcher. You can follow him at Duncan D. Fletcher on the Twitters. What's the scoop? Uh, I'm going behind the scenes of a uh, reality TV show. Uh, it's one that's been filming for a while. Uh, it's going to be coming to uh, TV soon. Uh, Gold TV, probably. Um, it's a long-running one, as I say. And uh, basically, TFC Apprentice, it's a little different from your Donald Trump Apprentice. Um, there's only one contestant. Uh, I can't go into names, but let's, let's call him Johnny D., and uh, you know he gets to try out a whole bunch of different positions uh, every week. So uh, look for that soon. Uh, TFC Apprentice, you're never fired. <laughs> nice. Wow, that is a full package right there. Oh, yeah. I'm subscribing. <laughs> As for me, Tony Walsh, you can follow me at the Yorkies1812. For next week, I am interviewing '90s hardcore rap group Onyx, who are not pleased with TFC's new away kits, which are also Onyx. They are threatening to slam. Da 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 da. Let the boys be boys. <laughs>
Remember, you can connect with us. For the record, I'm desperately trying to come up with the rest of the lines. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you can connect with us with your questions, comments, thinly veiled insults, and your answers to hashtag bitchy blanks in the comments section of the Vocal Minority Podcast blogspot.com and on Twitter at vocal with no a minority pod. Until next time, Toronto, get used to it. For goodness. With that in mind, it's time to turn it over to the away fixtures desk and dungeon 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 <laughs> dungeon, dungeon Fletcher. Yeah. Dungeon Dungeon Fletcher. <laughs> in this corner. <laughs> Finally I have a wrestling name. Dungeon Dungeon Fletcher. And finally, final scores this weekend. Let's go around the table. I had a nice thing to say about Seattle, too. I thought we ran out of nice things. For goodness! All right, let's start this again. That's okay. Final nice. So, run to the first You can do your cervix a lot. Bum, bum, bum. Baby! The girl walks in with a little bitty waist and a red thing in your face, you get thrown. I'm going to try to keep that. I, I, I'm going to try to keep that. <laughs> you should layer it under the actual <laughs> Sir Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> <laughs>